Attention culture consumers. Join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. I'm Daniel. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet will just never have enough of, it is nerds talking about Star Wars. So every episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. This week, we're having a family conversation about treason and discussing the 11th episode of Andor, titled Daughter of Ferrix. This episode was written by Tony Gilroy and directed by Benjamin Karen. Uh, be warned, there's going to be spoilers for these episodes and everything else Star Wars. So, would you two sacrifice me for the rebellion? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, fair. I mean, fair. I'd tell you about it first. I get it. All right. Well, on that note, let's punch it with the episode recap. So to start off, we've got Cassian and Melshi just hanging out on a cliff, literally hanging there, uh, trying to avoid a tide patrol. Uh, so while they're waiting, we check back in on Ferrix and Marva has passed away, unfortunately. Brasso and the daughters of Ferrix are carrying out her wrapped remains while B2 is distraught. This poor guy I was not prepared. This poor droid is going through so many emotions that I was not prepared for droids to go through. And his little stutter, I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> my heart I want m- m- Marva. Like, <laughs> oh. And Brasso's like, they need you for important work. Yeah. Brasso like, just. I can do important work. Like, <laughs> that gentle giant being so nice to that droid. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, Brasso can get it. That is a right. That is a great man right there. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, meanwhile, we've got Senta and Korv, uh, both spying from across the street. So cool. We've got the Empire. We've got the Rebels. It's a party going on. So question, uh, have they made each other? I feel that like was... they both kind of know that the other's watching. But I don't they're know. they're both in the bar, right? Yeah, I think yeah. she's working there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I only started, like, last week, guy. Don't hit on me. Plus, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> well i mean who knows they might be he might be thinking what is she isb here too and i'm mm, like yeah on, from another arrival department yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so the local imperials are briefing dedra on the situation people of ferrix have applied for a permit to hold marva's funeral uh, she commands them to grant the permit uh it's the perfect situation monitor for signs of cassian he tells her that it takes time for the funeral rites on Ferrix, where the body is cremated and processed into a brick to be used in a building. So mm-hmm. you become just another brick in the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but a ha- like a happier brick. This is more right? like a traditional. Yeah, this yeah. is a really, I liked the, I liked this it's cultural. concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. All right. So the patrol has moved on. Cassian and Melshi spot a quad jumper off in the distance and its owners are just kind of fishing nearby. They make a run for the ship, or rather, Melshi kind of makes a run for the ship, and Cassian is just like, oh, I guess I gotta go. But then they get stuck in the Acme Shelob's Netting Trap 5000. <laughs> <laughs> it was 100%. I was like, oh, you guys are right. Frodo now. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
The fishermen, Dewey and Freedy, interrogate their new captives. Turns out there is a bounty on the escaped prisoners, but the prison factory has spoiled the fishing in the area, so screw the Empire. They're like, what do you, you guys need a lift? Let, let's go. And Cassian gets them to agree to take the two of them to Niamos. Hell yeah. Good, like good fancy fishermen. Shit. We're going fancy. <laughs> Back on Coruscant, Vel visits Clea, who is not happy to see her at all. <laughs> Vel ultimately passes along the information about Marva's passing, and Clea, well, grateful for the intel, like, okay, that is actually a good piece of information, reminds her that Vel is one of many plates that Clea is spinning. Like, this is Vel's yeah. inner um, spoiled rich girl actually kind of coming out like, no, yeah. I did I did the Aldani job. Like, I must be the most important. Girl, you have no idea. No. Right. Clea, Clea's got everything. Like, <laughs> for real. She's like, I've been here since day one, bitch. Step off. <laughs> yeah. Just because you got money. I don't have for now. I have always. <laughs> yeah. That was such a good line. I, they have yeah. like a really nice electricity between them two as actors that I really enjoy. Like everybody is just throwing fastballs in these episodes, but I really enjoy their scenes together. Speaking of enjoying scenes, whew, my man Brasso, he's back. At Marva's, he's shutting off the lights. He tells B2 to come with him, but the droid insists that he's charging which he has been all day. Like he's just been sitting in his charger so he can tell people he can't leave because he has to charge. Just in case she comes back. Just in case Marva comes back, he doesn't want to leave the house. So Brasso tries to get B to go with him, insisting that they can come back the next day. But B2 only wants to be home with Marva and I can't. And my heart breaks in many, many pieces. <laughs> B gets Brasso to agree to stay in the night, just one more night at home and cue the goddamn tears tony gilroy how fucking dare you <laughs> unacceptable it's not okay this is unfair <laughs> this is right up there this is now the second most um emotionally destroying scene in television history uh the first being fry's dog oh god oh, we're not even gonna that. go there that's just yeah terrible. i can't talk about that right now i thought you were gonna say chopper holding Hera's hand because that also kills me but that if does you're kill gonna, me but you're gonna no. bring no cannot no jurassic park on this yeah one. we have to we have to move on from that destructive gonna, destructive episode yeah we're gonna move on back to mon Mothma's, <laughs> where lita is participating in a shendril custom with several girls and an elder this was very creepy. I'm not going to lie, guys. This was like some cult religion shit. Yeah. And I was like, is Lita just trying to get Mon's attention with this bullshit? I hope she doesn't believe it, but she looked like she was having fun. And then Vel shows up. She and Mon are discussing this kind of custom thing that's going on with Vel disapproving of the archaic, right? Thinking it was parents doing. But Mon says that the whole thing was Lita's idea. Yeah. She's like, Which, you're not ugh. taking like engagements, are you? Ew, gross. Ew. No wonder that oh, she's 13. She's 13. Like, 13. let her be a kid. And yeah, the other kid's 14, but still, it's not not cool for him either. Poor dude. Let them Probably be just children. wants to play video games and jerk off. All right. <laughs> Back to well, <laughs> Later on, the two cousins get a chance to speak a little more openly. Mon details her financial issues, and Vel asks about a solution. Tearing up, Mon says she might have found a way right as Lita enters and happily embraces Vel, which, mm-hmm. oof, that was 
crushing watching mom's face and later at cyril's mother's house he gets a wonderfully spotty facetime call from his former colleague (laughs) just i i loved that yeah that's right just something completely different from what you were just talking about god it was just so So goofy and i loved it (laughs) i didn't Um, know they had that good of a rapport but all right I mean, hey, that guy loved Cyril. That's true. He did a little too much. Yeah. So he does manage to get the information to uh, Cyril about Marva's passing and the funeral. And that lights a fire under Cyril's ass. So he breaks into his mom's safe and steals something. Looks like some credits, maybe. Good job, you little incel. Steal from your mom. (laughs) Go catch that bad guy. Hey, she was in his secret box. Now he gets into hers. Yep. Oh, that just sounds terrible. Oh. Oh, no. It's not that kind of show. No, he's got mommy issues, but they don't go that extreme. Not those kind of mommy issues. (laughs) So back on the Amos, uh, Cassian breaks into his old room and gets back his case that he stashed kind of above the shower, complete with some credits, a blaster, and Nemec's manifesto. It's safe. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, this actually kind of reminded me of... (laughs) Like in college, you move into your new dorm room at the start of the year, uh, and you never know what you're going to find in like the ceiling tiles. <laughs> uh, just quick, quick side note: uh, when I moved into my fraternity uh, room, I opened the closet, and in there was a bottle of moonshine, and it said, "Congratulations, come to this apartment, and you have to come finish this moonshine with me." So that I mean, was, um, that's yeah, pretty good. Although yeah, that was a fun yeah. night. That would be awesome. Our yeah. our apartment building just had like cement ceilings because it's Minnesota. Oh so. uh, yeah, <laughs> we didn't. No, we had that. We had the tiles yeah. that you could just like lift and could no usually doubt. find a bottle of something up there. <laughs> oh, no. no hiding spaces in Minnesota. <laughs> Sorry. So Luthen goes back to Saw's encampment. Saw is now all of a sudden willing to go along with the plan to help Krieger on the raid, uh, but Luthen kind of like tries to talk him down it's not really working so luthan has to reveal that the isb is aware of the plan and he is planning to sacrifice krieger and all of his men saw is at first kind of appalled at luthan's ruthlessness here which that's a big red flag if saw Carrera is telling you <laughs> maybe maybe don't do that <laughs> uh, but it ultimately triggers this very tense standoff uh, in the end saw agrees to go along with it because this is war on his way out, Luthen is stopped by an Imperial patrol. He manages, like at the last second, to fake an Alderanian transponder code, uh, but they're going to board his ship anyway, just for practice. He's caught up in the tractor beam. Luthen deploys his countermeasures, which were just so freaking cool to see. I think Daniel's just going to vamp on this for a minute in a, in a few. Yes. Uh, and he <laughs> slices up a couple of ties and escapes into hyperspace. That was such a fucking cool scene. All right, ending out our episode here, still on Yamos, Castian calls Zanwan on Eryx to give Marva a message telling her that he is okay. No, <laughs> just no. He'd be proud of me. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? That so you're not gonna... okay. Unfortunately, mm. this is when Castian gets the news about his mother's passing. He hides this from Melshi who's determined to get out there and tell their story. Like, we've already got two fledgling freedom fighters, Melshi especially right now. Cassian gives Melshi a blaster and the two part ways, with Cassian looking off into the sunset alone in his grief. 
think I texted you guys immediately and was like, he lost his mom and his boyfriend in one day. <laughs> right? <laughs> you better have his space uh, cell phone number or something. Like, yeah. come on now. I'm just not okay. I was so not okay. I'm like, oh no, his, he's lost his friend and his mom's yeah. dead. And all he's got to like keep him company is Nemec's manifesto. I hope they went to the cricket store and got two burners and were just like, okay, program the BFF's phone number in there. Yes. Yes. Like, come on. I'm sure Please. they will. We know they get like back together in the end. So it's something in between happens within the rebellion with them. Okay. Going into our overall reactions. I thought that this episode was a really nice breather after one way out. It was still intense at certain times, but it was also like quieter mournful of course we needed the time to understand that marva is gone we need to mourn with b and feel this character that we suddenly and lovingly just like we can't poor b i do love that we got time with him though and that he got to be a full-fledged character on his own he's like that loyal dog who won't leave their humans home when the person dies there's yeah. this story about Greyfire's bobby it's a sky terrier from edinburgh who stayed near his owner's grave after he died until the dog died like yeah. he never left he was always in that neighborhood and people would feed him and there's a statue of him in Edinburgh it's really cute although B has more sentience than a dog arguably droids are often treated like simple machines with no sentience and no emotion so getting Brasso letting B mourn and share his feelings and feels like he can't leave B alone just was like I got the feels our friend Sarah texted us who is on the Bohemian Geek Studies pod. And she was just like, I am vindicated in my, in my love for droids and justice for droids. Yeah. And oh, like the fantastic. emotional intelligence from ba- Brasso along with that mustache, like that's a dangerous combination, <laughs> sir. Ooh, he, is, <laughs> he is looking very, very good. Let's just say that. Everybody. Emotional intelligence in that mustache. Is, yeah. ooh, one, two yeah. combo on my heart. I know. It was like, can he be in more things? Like, can we cast this man in more things and also have Brasso Crazy. in more Star Wars? That'd be amazing. Um, and also at the very end, just huge props to the heartbreaking music in the end credits. I listened all the way through the end credits and I don't usually do that, but this music was just so beautiful and so yeah. perfect for the scene with Cassian at the end. He can't come to terms yet, I don't think, with that his mother is gone, but just this news hitting him after this huge adrenaline rush of escaping the prison, swimming, being on that cliff face, almost being discovered, being caught in nets by random aliens. Yay, we got aliens, guys. We can talk about them later, but just phenomenal. The emotional impact of this episode was huge, and I think that some people will be like, well, this was kind of like weird coming after one way out but we needed it we needed a breather even though it's emotionally taxing it wasn't like my heart is beating out of my chest taxing which i appreciated because we know next week's going to be insane yeah this um this felt like the calm before the storm it uh it was a good way to move all the pieces into place we can see kind of where the finale is leading to we got the fallout of what was going on and and how it's affecting the characters. It was a good, like, this is what a penultimate episode is supposed to do. It gets everything ready. It gets you emotionally invested. Like, it, I just, I was very impressed with this episode. It 
it was a little bit slower, but I just I thought the the way it was written was just very well done. And um I'm not okay with this heartbreak though. Like you you guys are jerks. <laughs> These writers are jerks. <laughs> Terrible. I think I, I'm with you guys. I think this was just like the perfect follow-up to last week. It had kind of all the benefits that we got used to having with like Game of Thrones and a lot of prestige dramas where uh, the, the penultimate episode is like the, the super intense climax and then the finale, you just kind of get a chance to breathe and deal with the consequences. And that's what this felt like. But we have the bonus that we are in fact getting another episode for the finale next week. I mean, just be beat. <laughs> Why do they do this to us? Oh, God. This is just, oh, the way he's like, his little head would just sink down. Yep. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, no, I want I'm not Marfa. engaging anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we're baby. And we got some really great insights into other characters, too. I know a lot of people were wondering if Luthen had a lightsaber. It uh-huh. looked like one, like on the first glance, it's like, wait a holy minute. What the yeah. fuck is that? <laughs> and that feels very deliberate, I think, on their yeah. part. I don't know. My personal theory I'm coming to with Luthen is because he's like this artifact stealer or something. There's no way he's like a secret Jedi. Like, that's just not a thing. There's no no way. But I wouldn't put it past him to be kind of one (laughs) to be like a secret, almost like a force collector. There is a YA novel uh, called Force Collector by Kevin uh, Shinnick. And it's this boy during the new republic era who kind of comes to terms with the fact that he is force sensitive he's in fact very gifted with psychometry yeah like touching objects and getting their history but he's not quite strong enough to be like follow the jedi path so he just goes around and he starts collecting all of these objects Mm -hmm. and getting their stories connected to the force that seems like something luthan would do oh yeah completely I want Quinlan Voss to show up, be like, go into Luth- Luthen's shop and touch everything, be like, holy shit, guy, <laughs> get all this stuff. <laughs> He'd have a field there and there. Yeah. <sighs> all right. Well, let's get into our character's general discussion points, starting off with Cassian. So we start him off. His main role in this episode is basically to keep Melshi from imploding <laughs> and then yeah. to just receive this awful news. We don't get a lot of time with him. Uh, after he learns of his mother's passing but the time we do spend with him you really see that emotion on his face um, he gets Nemec's manifesto so that's not that wasn't just like left dangling and to never really be addressed again we saw it yeah. Yeah. and he has his credits but again he's left all alone and Melch is mm-hmm. like we gotta split up we'll have a better chance there's a chance that maybe we're the only two that actually got out Somehow I highly doubt that, but... I don't. I hope not. (laughs) I hope not either, but, like, don't break up already. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, he's going to need to know what exactly happened with Marvel. We we know at this point he's going back to Ferex. But how can he... How is he going to escape the Empire that is sitting there waiting for him to do so? Yeah. Mm. And Luthen's forces who are waiting there for him, too. Oh, speaking of Luthen... Like Andrew said, if Saw Guerrero says you've gone too far, mm, you may have gone too far, Luthen, my guy. Choices. This scene, yeah, I know. Oh my God, just wild. This scene with Saw like might not have been quote unquote necessary from a storytelling standpoint, but it really hits home with what kind of character Luthen is. This is the kind of interaction we wouldn't get if the series was shorter. Like this is the kind of stuff that would get cut. 
because did we really need like Saw changing his mind and Luthen going to see him and telling him all this stuff? It's kind of like a little bit of a rehash, but then it's also a masterclass of Forrest Whitaker and Stone Skarsgård talking to each other, which is just fine with me. <laughs> like, I love that part. I also like how Luthen is wearing so many hats in just one conversation. Like I was clocking him the entire time and I'm like, what is he doing? Like, what is he talking about? What is he up to? Like he can appear sympathetic. He's also ruthless. And then he turns reasonable all in like the span of a few minutes. It's like, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> this is great, <laughs> great, great character scene for Luthen. I did love that too at the end. So I was like, you'd totally sell me out, wouldn't you? And I mean, Luthen's there. So he's there. He's trying to per- like protect Saw in a little bit as an asset. So it's like, he's not just going to let him sink for no reason. But if the Empire got to Saw, like on Jeddah, if Luthen had known they were going with the Death Star to Jeddah, mm-hmm. I don't think he would have worn Saw. <laughs> no, definitely not. But let's be fair. I don't think Luthen is heartless long, but... and becoming probably one of my favorite new characters. He's amazing. He's such a gift of a character for us. Right. Oh, thank you, Stellan Skarsgård, for showing up for this. Mm-hmm. And uh, oof. Mm-hmm. we get to one that's a little bit more uh, rough to, to uh, talk about. We've got Mon Mothma and Lita. Mon is just absolutely shredded inside. Mm-hmm. She does not know what to do even though she knows what she probably has to do. And Lita, for her part, seems like she would be on board for this whole arranged marriage thing. Um, the ritual that she and the other Chandrillon girls, along with, uh, you know, it's who Andrews can only assume is Kai Wen, uh, not... <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a Star Trek Deep Space Nine reference. Uh, gotcha. She's terrible. Gotcha. She's absolutely terrible. <laughs> she's the absolutely awful, awful, uber-conservative space pope. Yeah, she's uh... a very Dolores umbrage kind of character gross yeah so <laughs> they're just they're committing themselves to the old ways including marriage customs and all these other weird conservative bullshit that um like come on we've we don't need space because space catholicism come on like no. let's let's nobody move needs on it here. nobody wants it <laughs> right and like lita's so she's only like 13 about to be 14 at this point uh she's a year younger than luke leia ezra like this is She's a child. Mm-hmm. Can we not, you fucking freaks? I think it's kind of interesting about this, though, and this steps on a little bit what we're going to get into uh, here in a couple of minutes. But one of the things I think that's really interesting about this is how you know we've talked about the Empire trying to like stomp out these cultures mm-hmm. before, and it seems like this might be the type of one that they'd be actually sort of willing to let to just kind of keep letting continue because it is based around kind of subservience and control and it's also the one they can like prop it up be like see we don't stamp out cultures we love this one we yes they get to keep doing it yeah Mm. that uh (laughs) that's it makes a lot of sense it's very true very true very of our times All right, Daniel, what about some themes from these ep- from this episode? Oh, so sacrifice was a big one. So we've got Bix, uh, when she was confronted with Anto Krieger, like uh, they were saying, is this Axis? Is this who you've been talking to? Mm-hmm. Um, what is she willing to sacrifice here? She could lie and tell the Empire that like, yeah, that's 
That's totally it. That's Krieger. I mean, yeah. I thought he kind of looked just enough like like Luthen that you could like kind of pass it a little close, bit. Yeah, close enough. Where close enough that you can call like... it a mistake. Yeah. So I mean, Bix doesn't know that uh, they're about to get Krieger. Is she willing to like sacrifice this guy who she doesn't probably know uh, to protect Luthen? Mm-hmm. Like, it, is is Vel willing to sacrifice? You know, her family. Is she willing to do some of the dirtier things uh, for the rebellion? Like, it's is Mon willing to sacrifice her family? Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. all these these things that these people are dealing with uh cassian like he just went through like giving up his life and uh now he found out that his mother's gone during that time like it's just it is rough the things that they're going through i don't know what and i don't know what uh i mean i have no idea what bix is gonna ultimately say in that moment why would they include that scene if there wasn't something that's going to happen with it it was it was rough because she just broke down and started crying right and yeah it it almost doesn't matter what her answer is because i are they even going to believe her no matter what she says right or are they just going to call in dr gorst i think they would probably believe her right now because they think she's broken yeah, but then she could just be like, you know, I have to protect Luthen because of his position or whatever. It's a an interesting scene to show us. Like, yes, it's good to check in and know that Bix is alive. <laughs> yeah, but but also kind of calls into question, like, what does Bix actually know? Right. I'm wondering because yeah. you know we've talked about this a little bit on Rebels, how these guerrilla wars. One of the hallmarks of them is that very few people know a lot. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and she... Luthen was even saying that like he distributes radios and there's very right. little contact. And so yeah. I don't think that that he gives out enough information that like right. I, I don't I don't think Bix would have known anything about no. Krieger. Maybe it's just the connection to Cassian. Like if she she thinks like if she turns in Luthen, he has a connection to Cassian that could get him caught. That's the only other thing I could think of why she would want to protect Luthen. Yeah, be nice if someone looked at Luthen and said, "Yeah, I'm going to sacrifice you." <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, this question was floating around a lot on the internet. Is Marva actually dead? Yes. Yeah. The whole I, the whole bait and switch thing about we didn't actually see the body. It's like eh. I actually really we didn't need that. to. We yeah. didn't need to. But, I thought it was kind of like. Cassian didn't get to be in the room, so if he's right. our technically our main character, we don't get to either. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have been. We, we didn't super see poor the body. Also, we just dealt with the emotional fallout, and that yeah. was enough. I mean, I exactly. would have taken another scene with Fiona Shaw, and I bet she would have killed yeah. it. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what I was waiting for. I was like, okay, she's gone. We haven't checked in with Fiona Shaw since he left. When she said, "Well, that's just love," and I think that. <laughs> kind of private moment like you said and like Cassian isn't there so we don't get to see that private moment the only one there was probably B and I know that I just hope rips, she's recorded her own little manifesto for Cassian heart out real bad there too yeah that would be nice if we could get like a projection of Marva she reveals like that she knows where her sister's been the whole time might know where the sister <laughs> is or might know like a lead that he could take 
I just liked that. I don't want this to be some red herring. I liked that this episode was beautiful in its sadness. We got to see how the people of Ferrix mourn people, how they respect B, even though he's a droid. It's just wonderful. And then I think if Marva wasn't gone, would Cassian ultimately join the rebellion? I don't know. I don't, I don't think he would. I think he'd stay locked in with his family and try to protect Mar- Marva and B. Yeah. It's hard to say, but it's just like we got to mourn in this episode. We got to see the respect that these people have for each other, the level of care they have on Ferrix, which is completely in contrast with the Empire. They're just like the prisoners. Like, for real, the prisoners have more care for each other than Imperials within their own job. Like at the ISB, they're willing to cut each other down to get ahead. The people on Ferrix are willing to probably riot if they don't get to have a funeral for Marva. Probably. Would be my guess. Like they stand up for each other. They're there for each other. And I really liked to see that in Star Wars because a lot of times we don't get that. Yeah. Like a dissolution of community when the empire comes instead of a we're holding on and actually finding our hope. Yay, hope. Woo, Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) We're finding our hope in like the little things like celebrating somebody's life. And I very much enjoyed that. I think Marvel like popping out of a cake at the end of episode 12 and be like, surprise, I'm not dead, would kind of undercut the yeah. theme that they're going for here. Definitely. Definitely. All right. I want to take a minute and talk about kind of this compare and contrast that this episode gave us with the Empire and the rest of the galaxy. So I think that there are several ways that this episode gives a display of how the Empire treats its people versus how the rest of the galaxy treats each other. When we learn about what Marva's funeral rites are going to actually entail in, you know, cremating the body, mixing it in, compressing it down into a brick to enshrine her as quite literally a building block of the community, it's the Empire, it's the ISB giving this information, and it is treated with such derision and dismissal. These people have no respect for these traditions they do not care in the slightest about this sort of thing except as potentially using it as a trap for cassian later on brasso is talking to b and he says that marva is in the stone now she's on her way and he says it with such reverence and respect Mm -hmm. in his voice Mm -hmm. this is a tradition that truly means something to him and to all of the people in this town and similarly we get that sense of awe and wonder earlier this season with the eye of aldani And like we were sort of caught up in that, but the empire had no respect for that tradition or the sacred rites surrounding it for those people. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the people, basically. Like they don't understand. No, they don't. And they're not making an attempt to. No. So earlier on Cassian, when he was in prison, he made that comparison that having these human slaves is cheaper than droids. All they have to do is feed them. And if one of them breaks, you know, dies, Um, they can bring in a new one at little to no cost. We've made the comp several times to these prisoners, uh, even those ones, not even technically prisoners, but, you know, workers like Cyril that are just cogs in the machine. Mm -hmm. The empire does not think of these people as individuals. They don't even think of them as people. They're machines to be used and then discarded. Now contrast that with how the daughters of Ferrix and Brasso 
especially Brasso, is treating B, a actual literal machine, but he is treated with empathy and he is treated as a sentient being with thoughts and feelings who needs some comfort. Dude, dude needs a hug and I wanted to give him one. <laughs> I'll hug you, oh, B. <laughs> right. Like, oh. He's not just something, he is truly being treated as someone. And I mean, pretty much every droid we've met in Star Wars has some kind of a distinct personality, and it's always our heroes who treat them with this dignity and respect, for the most part. Yeah. Um, I don't think we can count the battle droids, but no, I give mean, me Roger. Roger, Roger <laughs> give me Roger. Nicely. <laughs> and I think it's just a really key contrast between the Empire and a showing of how compassion and empathy are one of the largest assets that the Rebels have. Absolutely. Just, yeah, the the Empire does not care about culture, about people, about anything. They only care about what they can get out of them, and that's about it. That's it. Like, Mm -hmm. what can you offer me? And uh, if your culture doesn't, you know, aid things, like if it's not like the Chandrillon culture where it, uh, you know, kind of lends itself towards Imperial mindsets, then we don't care. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plus, the Chandrillans are rich, so... Yeah, so can't piss them off. Yeah. (laughs) But some poor workers on Ferrix do not care. Not at all. (laughs) All right, Daniel, do you want to take a minute and talk about the space battle? Bondor is so cool, guys. Like, just, (laughs) it looks cool. And then just that robot he's got inside it, amazing. And then... Cantwell comes out. I'm like, okay, this looks amazing. What's going to happen? Luthen's just so smart. Thinks of everything. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's got booby traps on his ship. It was just, ah, oh, I loved it so much. I was like, this is amazing. Uh, I know the comparison that's going to be made later on. I get it, but like. It was just so cool seeing that dish get absolutely shredded uh, by those projectiles. That was really And cool. then he just whips it out of there and then does the Iron Man 2 laser. It was, <laughs> it was so Luthen. cool. And I the whole time, oh, just so blank face on it. Yeah. Like, just blank face. He's like, no, I'm doing the most rad shit and I'm just going to be stone cold while this. Yes. I love how he made them increase the strength right of yeah. the tractor beam in order to get the projectiles to really go towards the, like yeah oh, shit. to really get it uh roped in like mm. oh my gosh just I was amazing waiting i was hoping that like maybe like the tractor beam would like turn on itself and it would be like um when we see the um what's the name of the the class of ship that would have the uh, the gravity well oh <laughs> yeah a hyperspace and it just like collapses <laughs> in on itself <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I just, oh God, I loved it. It was just like, it was quick. It didn't need to be anything drawn out. I love that he just like shredded the dish, knocked out the ties and boom, out of there. Like a real good spy ship. Yep. It's just a hall craft. Just a hall craft. (laughs) Yeah, the Millennium Falcon is a hunk of junk. (laughs) Oh God. All right. Well, then let's move on to our next section here. Our homages, Easter eggs, connections, callbacks. Colleen, you want to start us off? Yes. So these aliens that we finally see, there is one that's already in canon. This is Sai Syed Ak. He's a Caribbean 
in the movie Rogue One. He looks a lot like one of the Credians who rescue Cassian and Melshi from Narcina 5. Great, great moves, fisherman. We love you. Mm-hmm. After a brief encounter with the net, of course, that was disgusting. <laughs> this is some mm, it's too squishy it was too squishy it was too wet (laughs) yeah it's just not not my favorite star wars thing uh some caridians actually joined saw's partisans but then they joined the alliance to restore the republic after the death star destroys jetta city in rogue one so So these guys really fucking hate the empire (laughs) and good for them I gotta say, though, one of the Caridians looked like uh, a character from the 2003 Gindy Tartakovsky Clone War uh, mm. series. Uh, yeah, there's a there's an there's a part where Anakin goes to this uh, like creepy facility where they're experimenting on like native uh, um, like sentient like aliens, and uh, they're like mutating them, and they grow the big bulky looking guys which is what one of the credians looked like i wonder if they they based him off of it just because it looked way too similar mm-hmm. yeah totally that, possible yeah that mm-hmm. you never know and then uh so we got to look at the tie reaper uh it's mostly seen in in games and comics but it is the ship uh from when cassian and melshi were hiding on the cliffside uh so i did enjoy seeing that one because i'm like oh, i know that one i've seen this in games before <laughs> Um, and then we also get to see a quad jumper, the Credian ship, uh, which people might remember from Force Awakens. Uh, Ray and Finn were running towards one, and then it blew up, and they had to go towards the hunk of junk instead. Oh, darn for them! Yeah, uh. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then up above that planet, Lupin is almost captured by a Cantwell class arrestor cruiser. Uh, that's on the lookout for Saw and his partisans. Now, this ship is named after its original designer, Colin Cantwell. Uh, who created it for A New Hope. It's part of the original concept art, and people have been kind of waiting for it to appear in full. You do get a... It does make a small appearance in Solo. Uh, but this in a is kind deleted of its, scene, though, unfortunately. Yeah, this is kind of its, like, full big debut. Yeah. I was super excited to see it. I think that concept uh, art is so 70s, so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... Retro. It's very much a retro product of its time. But I thought the way that they brought it into live action was really cool. Mm-hmm. Agree. All the ships in this episode is just really fun. Right. Oh, speaking of ships, we get the Fondor. We love the Fondor. Luthen's fake transponder ID uses Alderaan as the cover because, of course, they're just off doing charity shit. So <laughs> that's what he would pick. Doesn't fool the Imperials completely. They're kind of like, mm, we're still going to go on your ship, though. This device reminded us of the ghost, of course, from Rebels, where Hera often uses an ID scrambler to escape Imperial ships. And then the last five digits of the code that Luthen's ship picks are 2505, which is the release date of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Then called Star Wars. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, as, as we referenced a little bit earlier, Luthen's escape attempt uh, made Colin think of Spaceballs. The uh, <laughs> he jammed them, so Air the waves of shrapnel. Yeah, <laughs> I I see where you were going for it. At the moment, I was hyped. Did not think yeah. about that at all. But on comparison, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, I see why you would why you would think about that. Uh, and then when he does the Iron Man two, as I called it, uh, those plasma beams. 
potentially kyber crystal based i mean we see the jedi use their lightsabers on their ships in the high republic books to uh to use energy weapons so who knows yeah uh speaking of weapons we have the briar pistol this is one of cassian's weapons uh it's the main weapon of the mercenary turned rebel kyle katarn uh, who's a legends character and was kind of the inspiration for cassian when they were originally putting him together Mm -hmm. great character I love a con man who's like, oh no, <laughs> I'm force sensitive. Wait, I have to actually do this? Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of like the guy who's caught in, a, in the wrong place at the wrong time every time. <laughs> Harry Cassian. All right. And then last, we have this very sad moment. The end of the episode has Cassian on a beach looking to the horizon, which mirrors his final scene in Rogue One with Jin. Can he have one happy moment on a beach, please? No. Absolutely like, at not. least let him stand there with his space boyfriend in his funky dad shirt. Like, yeah. That was a funky so dad cute. shirt. It was I, a great shirt. I want to believe uh, Cassian was like, no, wear that one. It looks nice. <laughs> like, yeah, it looks nice with your eyes. I also like that the Credians were asleep in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, you guys can live it up in the my hotel room while we just do what you got eat. to yeah no, just that. <laughs> all right well then let's head into our questions and predictions any other lingering questions we have and what do we think is coming next in the finale what do we want to come next all right well everyone's going to ferrix let's oh, pack yeah. our bags and we're on our way uh since we already predicted that marva wouldn't make it through season one do we think luthan will I'm tempted to say no. Uh, I know. I, it's kind of hard because it's like, but we maybe want him for the first part of season two. <laughs> I, I see him dying in se- early in season two. Mm-hmm. I can see that too. I do yeah. like they're kind of showing that the Empire might possibly catch up with him just from this one scene. This kind of hint that it's like, ooh. He's on a collision course with a few people on Ferrix too. Like he's trying to close all these holes in his defenses. But like, if he does die, do we think Cassian kills him? Cyril, Vel? I think any of these characters is possible just because they're all going to the same place. And I can see Cassian being like, well, what the fuck is going on here? I think, I think it'll Cyril, be Clea. Clea would be awesome. Oh my gosh. That, that would be... That would be a twist I would not see coming. If anything, someone just needs to rescue Bix because it's giving me hives. Like I need to. <laughs> oh I need my god! To you. Okay. Please, <laughs> somebody get her out of there. <laughs> Anders, what do you think? Uh, so I'm focusing my predictions here on the fate of Cyril, <laughs> and I am going to predict that, that he please. screws up the entire operation. So. <laughs> Dedra's there. She's got all of her undercover ISB agents that he doesn't know are there. And so they're like about to move in. They've spotted Cassian. They're going to move in. And then Cyril goes forward himself trying to be the hero and just fucks everything up, <laughs> which gets which lets Cassian get away. Then, yes, Daniel, Dedra kills Cyril out of anger or frustration. Get it, girl. And ultimately, her subordinate stabs her in the back, having kind of sold her out to one of her rival ISB um, overseers. And so she goes down for messing the whole thing up. And her assistant, who's been kind of like pushing forward a little bit, steps up and takes her place. They warned her, watch your back. 
basically sorry i blacked out a little bit when you said dedra kills cyril and just imagine that beautiful future but basically cyril is the worst but he's mm-hmm. also going to end up being the reason that cassian gets away that would be amazing I because would love i mean that. javert is ultimately the reason that jean valjean gets away in Les Mis, but it's for a completely different reason. I still would love to see it just fuck up. I would love to see Cyril just absolutely cock it all up and then yeah. just get shot in the crossfire yeah. with a stupid look on his face because <laughs> Cyril, you're a stupid, stupid man. Huh. Ask me how I feel about Cyril, guys. Um so Tell us your true feelings. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Uh-huh. So I we all know that Cassian survives, obviously. Uh Melshi survives and Mon Mothma survives. Mm-hmm. Other than that, everyone's fair game. Like hey. everyone that's on Ferrix is fair game. So I'm expecting it to get a little rowdy. Beyond that, we have no idea what's gonna go on. This could get a little wild. And uh yeah, other than that, I'm just ready for to see the insanity of what's going to happen. Yeah. Very ready. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about the characters we know survive to the future. We've talked about a couple of these other ones. Final check-in though. Who do we think is going to survive this finale? Luthen, we said is like 50, 50. Yeah. 50, 50. I kind of hope he sticks around a little bit longer, but I assume he's going to have to die dramatically. All right. Definitely. How about Clea? I think she's getting through this one. I think she makes it through. Yeah. I hope so because she's awesome. I like her. Yeah. Perrin. I think At he least dies to next, next season. season. Yeah. Okay. Lita. I, I don't think she's gonna die. Yeah. yeah. Something horrible. I mean, something horrible is gonna happen that ruins their relationship, yeah. I think, but I don't think Lita's going to die. Okay. Yeah. Val. <laughs> Val. Vel and Senta both are are very... uh, They're like an 80% chance, if not higher, of dying, I think. Bix? I don't want to say it, but I don't think she's getting out of that Imperial prison. No, I don't think she is either. I think that's going to be another thing that Cassian... mm, Yeah. Cassian didn't get to see Marva pass. He might see Bix die. Oh no. I'm sorry, yep. Daniel. <laughs> sorry, no, no. Daniel. <laughs> you're right. And my God, that would be rough. It would be so hard. I'm not ready. <laughs> Rosso. No. Okay, Space Dilf is not yeah. allowed to die. The mustache king lives yeah. forever. <laughs> e. Okay, I'm not even going to entertain this thought. I don't how even, dare yeah, you? I don't, I don't even no, how think, dare you is my want, only only response. I don't want to think about this at all. How dare you? Okay, well, I already gave my prediction on this one. Cyril? I pray for it. I, I pray upon his downfall. I have a bad feeling he's going to be like the cockroach that doesn't die. <laughs> he and slips away. All that survives post-Empire is still Cyril. Cyril, Cyril Karn. Just, just like I love the empire, I love peace and order. Oh, <laughs> and lastly, Dedra. I think, I think she lives. I think she will. I don't. I don't know if she's going to make it out because if she doesn't, if she has Cassian in her grasp, 
in her grasp and lets him go, I could see, we may not see her die, but I could totally see her being like led away in handcuffs to a prison oh, cell. Demoted or and stuff, yeah. 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 Either way, it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to end think, well. Yeah. I don't think this show is going to be a victory for anyone at the end. Yeah. Going into season two, I think there's going to be a lot of loss. Okay. I think that is going to see us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWpod. Follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts. Hit that follow button and leave us a five-star review. Check out our previous episodes on the main Star Wars films and other Disney Plus shows. Check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find me and Anders on Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. And my book reviews are on BohemianGeekStudies.com. And of course... I can't believe it's already here, you guys, but join us next week where we take a look at the final episode of season one of Andor. Wow. Luckily, it has already started production for season yes, two. Season I saw two, that, let's go. I saw that news today, so I'm very excited <laughs> to get to season two already. <laughs> okay, everyone. Until then, remember, you can stay, but just for one night. I mean, Brasso, you can stay for a night or, or oh, a couple. Yeah. It's oh, fine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just I'm just in. saying, like, I miss Marva too. Maybe come comfort me. It's fine. <laughs> we need some snuggle time, please. Yeah. Like a giant bear hug embrace that Brasso could probably give us. <laughs> All right, calm um, down, you two. <laughs> absolutely not. I will not Never. be calmed. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>